Welcome back into the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This is hour two of the Clay Edwards Show. I want to thank everybody that chimed in in that first hour. I know we could have done two whole hours on it, but I am committed to my testimonial Tuesday show and helping people and highlight people who have gone through recovery, been through recovery, and helping people who may need recovery. So we're going to stay, uh, stay on course there. I've got all your text messages. I may do a Facebook Live later and read your text messages on the Facebook Live. Or, heck, we can always pick this conversation back up tomorrow. There's plenty of racism to talk about in Mississippi on Amen. both sides. So uh, that, that conversation is never going anywhere. Real quick, I want to welcome a new partner to the show. I want to welcome the Gathering Restaurant right out there in Gluckstadt, Madison. Uh, the Gathering Restaurant on the corner of Highway 22 and Highway 463 near Madison delivers an abundance of goods for you to enjoy. Enjoy the daily blue plate specials for lunch featuring the gathering's famous fried pork chop and the best fried pork chop on earth, they say. And I've had it once before, and it was really good. Um, homemade gumbo with tomato tomato basil soup is served all day long. Evenings, you can enjoy butcher cut steaks, fresh seafood, golden brown catfish, savory pastas, and delicious salads. It sounds like when we get out of here, lunch is on deck. Yeah. I think I need a Create an excuse to go to Madison today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy an excellent brunch on Saturdays from 10 to 2. Live music every Sunday night. Check out their Instagram or Facebook page for other special music for other special music performances. The Gathering also offers family meals to go. The adjacent Livingston Mercantile has a huge selection of hunting and fishing supplies. Visit the full-service gas station with its true southern hospitality. And they've got like what it looks like old school gas pumps that are new, I think, out there. I passed by the other day. Really neat. Uh, the Gathering Restaurant at Livingston Mercantile is in the town of Livingston. You can check them out at livingstonmercantile.com. Today is Tuesday. The Blue Plate special today is hamburger steak. And apparently, you can also get the fried pork chops every day. So check them out, livingstonmercantile.com, or give them a call, 601-667-4282. And we want to welcome the gathering restaurant to the show that's pretty cool there uh we always get new sponsors and partners here and uh really do appreciate you guys that's how we keep our message going that's how we have conversations like we had this morning uh with therese april and our great cast of callers so all right i have got my friend here kim harrington i forgot your last name for a second i had to pull it up real quick all that talking i was like "Uh oh (laughs) my new friend kim harrington kim reached out after I think Nikki's appearance, mm-hmm. after Nikki Patchen's appearance on Testimonial Tuesdays, and I upload this as a separate podcast, and I just call it the Recovery Podcast, but it is uploaded to the Clay Edwards Show, and it also has a standalone podcast. But if you're following the Clay Edwards Show, you, you know we upload it every Tuesday. It's a one hour standalone as the Recovery Podcast. So just a heads up there for anybody who may be listening later. Uh, that's how you can find it. Um, you reached out and you said, "Would you be interested in talking to somebody who?" became the, an accidental addict. Yes. And I was like, well, that piques my interest because uh, I think everybody's an accidental addict in some way or another. Like nobody did anything for the first time and thought this is going to be, this is going to take me down a path that I never expected to go down. Yeah. yeah. So t- tell us any, anything about your childhood or your upbringing that would have made you prone to addiction. Okay. So growing up, I had a good, you know, good family, good family, um, good house, good school district, good friends. Um, 
I was, you know, extracurricular activities. I was on the basketball team. I was beta club, straight A student. Everything was good. But I didn't know that I had, my family had a generational curse of, you know, addiction. And it ran strong through my family. But as a child, you don't ask those kind of questions like, hey, anybody in my family an addict? You didn't know, didn't know, didn't know what was wrong with Aunt Susie. Yeah, no, didn't know what was wrong with my father at the time. You know, he had a drink and I didn't know that it was, you know, I just thought that was normal. Um, but it's not normal. Um, and when I say accidental addict, it's, uh, addiction does not discriminate. So, you know, addiction doesn't just look like the people on the streets in Jackson that are, you know, begging for food or that have needles hanging out of their arms or the moms who abandon their children. That's, that's not just what an addict looks like. You could be sitting next to an addict in church on Sunday morning dressed dressed to the nines in their church clothes. Amen. Loaded up on pain pills yes. or Adderall or Xanax yeah. or yeah. whatever. Exactly. And we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And whenever in 2003, um, I was a sophomore in high school and I got really sick. I developed ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome. Um, at the time, I had no idea what it was. But in November of 2003, I went into the hospital I was put into a medically induced coma. I had tubes in my throat, tubes in my side, tubes everywhere. I didn't wake up until January. Real quick, what is ARDS? It's an adult version of RSV. Okay. So when children get deathly ill, that's the adult version. Um, The doctors and everybody gave up. They said, you know, she's not going to make it. She's not going to come out of this. So the whole time I was asleep in my coma, I had, it was a, constant nightmare it was there was no like ah moment there was no jesus there was no light at the you know it was not a beautiful thing it was i was drowning the entire the entire time i was stuck in literally being stuck in a nightmare yes and it was a constant everyday thing how old were you 16 16 yes um when i woke up i had no idea what was going on i couldn't talk because i had tubes in my throat i couldn't walk because i had been i mean i was so swollen i looked like a baby whale it was horrific um but the whole time i was asleep i was pumped full of drugs um they were prescribed of course and whenever i left the hospital i was given any kind of medication i wanted because i had severe anxiety severe depression i had severe adhd i couldn't sleep in the bed by myself or in a room by myself for months because i was afraid i was going to go to sleep and never wake up, and nobody would notice. So I would have to sleep in the bed with my mom at 16. That's embarrassing. Well, not to make light of it, it's almost like you're scared of going to sleep because it's, it's, it's almost like Freddy Krueger. It's like your, 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 yeah. your, your dreams are trying to kill you. you yeah, know? and it was. It was, I mean, it was, it was a mental battle. It was an emotional, a spiritual battle that I went through for years before anything, you know, anything came of it. And... um the doctors prescribed me Adderall for attention to keep my attention. They gave me Ambien to help me sleep. They gave me um, Xanax to calm my nerves. They gave me antidepressants. They gave me uh, fentanyl patches, morphine. They gave me Percocets, Lorsets for pain. Anything I wanted, I could call and get because I was that girl, that fragile, broken girl who was a miracle. That's what everybody, you're such a miracle. Please tell me how I'm a miracle. I am living a nightmare. Yeah. And I was mad. I was mad at the world. And my mom said it best a couple of days ago that whenever she took one kid into the hospital, she brought a whole other kid home. 
And for the next, you know, 10 years, I was that kid. Do you think that that experience traumatized you? Yes, it was, yeah, trauma. Like, and that's what an accidental addict, like, it was the trauma and the pain that I was trying to, I didn't, I wasn't knowingly going out to get, you know, high. The trauma of being in the hospital, of having drugs pumped in my body, I was, I was already hooked. But eventually, the doctors, their prescription pads couldn't keep up with my tolerance. So the next best thing was, well, instead of Adderall, let me go get some Coke. Did you ever do meth? I did. For so last, 17 years. Last week's conversation with Drew Hassan was about his, his addiction started with Adderall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it transitioned into Coke, and that was a. I've seen that replicated so many times. It's, yeah. it, it starts with that prescription to Adderall, and look, I, I, I'm not knocking folks that are taking Adderall properly here. When used properly, there's a need for it. I get it. I'm not here to tell you otherwise, but I am saying it is a gateway drug to mm-hmm. amphetamine addiction. Yes, especially when you're not taking it properly and you're abusing it and you're using it to stay awake. And you're not, I mean, that's a doctor thing, in my opinion. Like, And you start to come down and get real agitated and antsy and, you know. Yeah, it's easily prescribed now. I mean, you can go to the doctor and you can kind of, you know, your best friend's on it and she can tell you what to say. Because, I mean, there really is no test. I had a great caller last week who called in and said, I think it was all fair, actually, but he said, how many parents have their kids prescribed Adderall so they can take it? Uh, Yeah, that's... That's I mean, that's, that, that's a path of addiction mm-hmm. there. I mean, that is addiction, you know, yeah. but it's just another way to, to feed your addiction. To feed your addiction. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, then, um, you know, they say you are who you hang out with and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. All those cliches, all those cliches are true. Um, I was a broken uh, person, 16 year old. I was addicted. I was hooked on drugs. So who did I seek out? I didn't hang out with any of the people I used to hang out with. I quit all the extracurriculars. I, you know, pretty much told my family bye. And um, I met drug addicts and I met drug dealers. And that's whenever I fell in love and, you know, had my first love. And for nine years, I was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually abused by him. Um, it w- We were both toxic, but he was way far out there um and it was a scary time i didn't have any friends if it weren't for his family i probably would not have made it out alive you know as a parent of a 20 year old daughter to hear somebody talk about going through these things as early as 16 years old it's y'all are still babies at that point Mm -hmm. you know all of us were you know i think back to how immature i was at 16 to have had to deal with with that which i mean i thought i was boss hog outlaw running up and down McDowell Road in my mini truck at 16, you know, but I drink a beer, stuff like that. My addictions came later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, to know that somebody, the doctors were just ginning folks up at what time for, how old are you? I'm 36, 36. Mm-hmm. So this would have been the, what? Early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that was the peak of the pill mill. Yeah. Opium oh, yeah. era. Yeah. And then, um, whenever I started dating the, my first love who was so toxic, uh, it was when Sudafed, you could just get it over the counter. Mm-hmm. Well, little did I know that his best friends were meth cooks. Yeah. So we would spend our Friday, Saturday, Sundays going uh, drugstore hopping. And we would all go in and we'd all take turns and we'd stock up on Sudafed. And this is interesting. I, this is interesting. I've never got to actually talk to somebody who, 
who did that. And mm-hmm. I, I trust me, I was enthralled into that, into that lifestyle for a while, but never actually met somebody that was doing the store hopping. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was so stupid, but we did. I mean, we, it, there'd be six, six deep in a car and we'd go, uh, North Side Drive in Old Canton. We'd go to that Walgreens, the CVS, the Kroger. I mean, that just little triangle every weekend. And that was before you had to sign them out. So well, let's take a break. And I want to, I want to pick up where we left off there because I want to hear how that led to the, the making of meth and just you ended up in jail mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. We got, we got a, a wild story to tell you. And she's wearing a great shirt. Great shirt, and I brought this up last week. Shout out to Danny Anderson for saying this to me. He said he thanked me for helping normalize recovery, and I'd never heard those two words mixed together. And here you are wearing the shirt, normalize a hoodie, sweater, normalize recovery, and that's what we're trying to do: normalize it so folks can get out there. And it ain't got to be this uh, this frowned upon cliche of Amen. I had to get help. Better to get help than get no help. Amen. All right, this is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on one zero three nine. WIAB, we're joined in studio in the Mack Hike of Flowood studio by Kim Harrington today for our Testimonial Tuesday. That's right. Welcome back to the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike of Flowood studio. This segment is going to be brought to you by Lakeland Glass and Tent, located right there on Lakeland Drive and at their new campus on Flowood Drive. If you need a windshield replaced, you go to the Lakeland Drive location. If you need your windows tinted, or your vehicle wrapped. Say you just want to change the color, you got some old funky paint, or you want to turn it into a rolling billboard. They can do all that at Lakeland Glass and Tent. Shop them online at lakelandglassandtent.com or give them a call, 601-946-1000. Lakeland Glass and Tent, where quality matters. Shout out to Jason Anderson and the entire team over there at Lakeland Glass and Tent and Own Duty Unlimited. All right, I am joined in the studio by Miss Kim Harrington. She has given her testimony this morning and uh, doing great at it. (laughs) Normally, I have to kind of give people a pep talk, slow it down, speed it up, stuff like that. They don't do radio a lot. I think she's doing great. Uh, So, Kim, where we left off was y'all were Sudafed shopping, jumping from pharmacy (laughs) to pharmacy before they changed the rules Mm -hmm. on it. And uh, I actually was on the side of, I think that's ridiculous, don't change the rules. Now, I have to get my Claritin D from my doctor. It's still a pain in the butt to get, even though they've yeah. changed it some. But <clears throat> neither here nor there. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, we would stock up. I mean, there was at least 10 to 14 of us, and we would go every weekend. And, I mean, we would stock up. And every Sunday we would pile up in the truck, and I would drop off, you know, two or three guys. And when I tell you where I would drop them off to cook, to actually, you know, cook the dope with their propane tanks and their stuff – you know, um, off 469 where the fire, the training fire department thing is? Yes. That's where they would go, is in that little wooded area right there, <laughs> right by the By fire. the jail and everything. Yeah, yeah right yeah. there. Um, they'd drop them off, they'd cook it, and then I'd pick them up, you know, five or six hours later. That smell is un- unmistakable. It is. I can ride through somewhere, and they're cooking meth. Mm-hmm. I-, I know it. Yeah. I-, I can't hear crap. I'm getting where I can't see, but I can smell a meth lab from 10 miles away. Yeah, it's something that I will never forget. Um, and then the dope that they were cooking, the ammonia dope, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, that it made people crazy. And the guy that I was in a relationship with and lived with, he was already suffering from, you know, bipolar disorder and, you know, all kinds of undiagnosed. Well, it's like pouring, a ga- pouring jet fuel on a bipolar fire. Yeah, yes, and that's what a lot of people, when they, you know, when they become addicts, they don't realize that they're they're covering up a mental health issue like bipolar disorder and they just can't they just can't figure out why things just 
can ever go right um, or ADHD or whatever. It's they're covering they're masking something underlying, which is usually a mental health thing, um, which is why the system that we have now, there's, you know, we do the whole mental health awareness. But is it really is anybody really taking it in that? You know, hey, depression is okay. Anxiety is okay. These things are real. People do deal with them. Instead of hiding behind it, let's do something about it. Yeah, one of my biggest flaws, and it's something I publicly am attempting to work through as part of these shows, is when I see somebody in the active throes of their addiction, I I, I lack empathy for them because I know that they've ruined there's probably there's a trail of broken relationships and and sad family members and everything else so they can push the buggy cart of belongings up and down highway 80 and Mm -hmm. live in crack hotel to crack hotel and I just have a hard time feeling bad for that person I should have don't I still can't feel bad for them I can't get to a place but every now and then somebody said well Clay it's it's a mental illness that got them there and I'm working on it I'm trying to see the other side of it, and uh, it's just my lack of empathy, but I, I'm working on it. So when talking to people like you, and you mentioned, and you drive home the mental health side of it, mm-hmm. and the drugs started typically to hide a mental health issue, whether it's mm-hmm. depression, bipolar disorder, ADD, mm-hmm. whatever. All right, sorry about that. I just want no, to interject fine. there. Um, and there's a lot of people like me, yeah, too, that, that we just look at as a crackhead. Yeah, and I mean, I hate, I, I was a crackhead. And I would walk around calling people crackheads. And I have, you know, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. I'm, but some of his children, I just, you know, I'm struggling with. And I find myself sometimes I'll judge them too. But then the Holy Spirit's like, hey, get it together. You know better than that. Go over there, put your hand on them. Yeah, yeah, lay hands, the proper hands. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. I meant go pray for them. Go pray for them. Yeah. Not 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 these yeah. five knuckle shuffles. Yeah. No. Okay. So um pouring the talk, to- you know, pouring fire on something toxic, like you said, he wa he became I mean, he was so twacked out that he would I couldn't when riding in the car, I couldn't look out the window. I couldn't look down at my feet. He would think people were in the back seat of our car. He would think I was, you know, calling for help if I looked out the window like it was scary so another traumatic experience and this lasted for years because I became codependent thought if I left him he's gonna hurt himself you know if I I leave him then what will he do without me yeah what will he do without me oh woe is him but that's not my problem like you I had enough of my own problems so by the grace of God I got away from him but at this point, I had spent nine years of my life, you know, in a shell. So I went wild. How old were you at this point? Um, 22, 23-ish. Golly. Most, yeah. people, most people are really just getting started at that point. Yeah. Well, I had thought that since I, you know, when I was 21, I was locked in a, you know, upstairs room getting high with my twacked out crazy boyfriend at the time. So I wasn't out, you know, I'd never been to a bar, never been to a club. And f- folks, twacked out is a combination of uh, of tweaked and cracked, yeah. merged together for twacked out. Scary, yeah, scary times. Um, so whenever I did get free from that relationship, and I was 22, 23, I went wild. Like, I was in the club from Thursday night to Sunday morning at Pop 6 a.m. every weekend. That drunk girl running around the club acting a whole fool, um, making bad decisions. I was sexually assaulted um, twice during that period those those years were a blur from 22 to 27 ish were a blur um 
then I met my son's father, who was also um, in addiction, and that was another toxic relationship. So let me ask this: mm-hmm. um, Are we? Are, where is rock bottom? Where was rock bottom for you? Oh, I hadn't reached it yet. Oh goodness! Continue. <laughs> continue (laughs) um so at uh 23 24 i met my yeah 23 24 i met my son's father and he was also he became he wasn't a drug dealer when i met him but he became you know he became one you got to support them habits yeah and without having to go go to work i mean Mm -hmm. it's a a vicious cycle yes well i ended up moving in with him people hear drug dealer and they think oh making money it's (laughs) typically it's making enough to buy their buy your next gram fix yeah Yeah. and then you buy like you know the friends that come along with the drug dealer and you get all the cool toys like the the tools and the stuff at three o'clock in the morning that somebody's bringing you to trade for drugs the house I lived in with him was basically like a halfway house. Anybody that needed somewhere to crash, you you know, the door's open. You just got out of prison, come on in. Yeah. Um, I was, my stuff was stolen. Every time I turned around, people were, you know, it, it was a mess. I'm not going to go into detail. It was a whole mess. Sure. Imagine um, worst case scenario and add 10 to it. Yes, yeah. that is it. Well, then um, in 2015, uh, 2000, the end of 2014, found out I was pregnant and this child one yes this is child one okay found out I was pregnant and it was his you know it was his child well about six months into being pregnant my child's father made were you using during pregnancy at first because it took me three months to figure out I was even pregnant because I was so high I just thought hey you know this is maybe this is normal um but once I did find out and like confirmed it and didn't try to end it for because for a month or two I did everything in my power to try to make it go away because I did not want to have a child. Um, six months in, my son's father ended up making a very dumb mistake. He was, you know, he was dealing with mental health issues, and on top of that, he was using crystal meth and steroids. That's another. Oh, that's a, that that talk about a toxic combination. Yeah, and um, he became he. Long story short, he's serving fifty five years in Greene County Prison. Um, he made one mistake, and his whole life's over. What did he do? Well, without going into too much detail, but he, he killed somebody. No, he didn't kill anybody. That's the crazy part. Um, he was arrested, and it happened in Rankin County. So there's the fifty five year thing. Um. He supposedly dressed up like a police officer and kidnapped somebody and armed robbery and a whole bunch of other, like, uh, uh, a bunch of other accessory type things. Yeah. And nobody even, nobody even got hurt. Like the ambulance wasn't called. So it was a. That's a trust in the community issue there. You can't dress up like a cop and go kidnap people. Because then people say, uh, now then people it gives people justification to run later like well, I, mean, I don't know that guy that other guy dressed up like a cop and was kidnapping people yeah well then yeah, he didn't even really dress up like a system. cop i think he had on a like you know those hats you used to, could buy at the gas station like this at fbi on them yeah. i think he had on one of those hats and when they said kidnapping he actually just went to a house to rob it when he got there somebody was there so he moved the person he locked him in the bathroom yeah that's kidnapping it's rough it's that's rough. crazy yeah yep. well all over an attic doing some attic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's, I mean, not to not to uh, 
de, 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 not to minimalize, minimalize how serious it is, but comparatively speaking to some of the other things that go on in the, the day-to-day life of the attic circle, mm-hmm. that was just, that was just waking up. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, yeah. Just, that's every day. Yeah. And then, yeah. And that's just, I don't know, that's another flaw in the system. Most, in my most people committing four and five felonies a day and don't even realize it. Yeah. And then those people are getting out and it's just a flaw in the system. Um, you, hold that thought. Okay. Uh, we're gonna, we'll pick up, we'll pick back up there. Let's take a break real quick. I'm joined in studio this morning for Testimonial Tuesdays with Kim Harrington live here in the Matt Kike of Flowood studio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This is our Testimonial Tuesday hour here in the Mack Hike of Flowwood Studios. This segment is going to be brought to you by Acme Pizza and Daiquiri, located right there at Fan and Mart on the Reservoir. I know they had a big weekend this weekend with Halloween and uh, Voodoo 13 playing. Had a shout-out from uh, the singer of Voodoo 13 this morning. Shout-out back to Chris. But look, if you're hungry, you don't feel like cooking dinner, they open daily, 4 p.m. They're available on all major food delivery apps, including our favorite, Take a Break deliveries you can try one of their uh 12 specialty pizzas or you can get up to three different specialty pizzas put on one pie for what they call the wheel of flavor they also have burgers pasta cheese sticks the whole nine yards give them a try today that's acme pizza and daiquiris also if you dine in they have nine different flavors of frozen daiquiris as well as a full service bar all right i'm joining the studio this morning with Miss Kim Harrington, we were talking about her addiction, and we're working towards rock bottom. The the child's father, uh, boyfriend at the time, uh, just got fifty five years in jail at this point in the story. Uh, so you got to be getting close to rock bottom there. Yeah. I mean, that's like when people when, when your child's father goes to jail for fifty five years, things can't got to be looking. <laughs> there, there's two ways to go here: straight up or sideways. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, I've had several what most people would consider rock bottom, but my rock bottom has basements. Yeah. Um, so, but okay, well, everybody's so, is different. That's yeah. why I like asking people. Yeah. Well, about he it. went to prison, and I had the whole mentality of um, I was still in it. You know, I, as soon as I had my son, I was back in addiction hard because what am I supposed to do? I'm a single mom. I have, you know, I have to stay awake with this baby. I have to be, you know, 100% with this baby. I have to support this baby and I have no help. So I went straight back into meth because the only way that's the only way I was going to stay awake to take care of him. So for the next 2 years, um I was 100% involved in the drug world. I became a drug dealer. Um not only was I just an addict now, I was out there picking up ounces of dope and turning out people who I was, you know, at one, one point selling Adderall to, I then started, you know, hey, I don't have any Adderall, but I do have this. Try this. Try this instead. Yeah. And that was one of the, now looking back, that was probably one of the lowest points of my addiction was putting other people through that, being the gateway. Co-signing on yeah. other people's self-destruction. Yes. Um, and I've actually talked to some of the people that I did that to and apologized, you know, like, hey, look, I am so sorry. I was such a you know, such a terrible person then. I, I, you know, I'm really hoping that you're doing better. I really hope you're doing well. Um, between those two years, I became, uh, I had over 16 felony arrests in Rankin, Madison, Hines, anywhere you could think of. At one point in time, I was on probation in Madison County, no, probation in uh, Hines County, 
pretrial in Rankin County and out on bond in Madison County. Then I caught another charge in Rankin County at the same time. My rock bottom was November 15th of 2017 when my I had my two-year-old son and we were at my parents' house and my brother was there. My whole family was there. And the Rankin County, like, SWAT team, Army men-looking fellas busted my house. And my mother was in tears. My son got ripped from my arms. And I went to jail again. And uh, this time, one of the officers, uh, and I'm going to say his name, Brett McAlpin, because the whole drug world, if you were in it or if you're in it, you know him. And if you are in it right now and you're active, he knows you. Don't (laughs) think he doesn't know you. He knows you. Um, Trust me. He looked me in my eyes and said, "Um, your son doesn't want you. Your son said, no, mommy. And we told your son you were not coming home again. And I was like, are you serious? And then he was like, you know, I know who you're, I know who his father is. He's already lost his father. Now he's losing his mother. You are garbage. Gut punch. You are garbage. And I was like, this man, what the, what kind of nerve? But that sat with me. So I went back into my jail cell and for the next, you know, 30 to 35 days, that's what I, you know, I sat and I listened to that, that gut punch. And in there, I finally surrendered my life um, and my control. I didn't have any control. I thought I had everything under control. I was a walking nightmare. I was a disaster. Everything was out of control. Um, and I gave my life to the Lord. And I'm not going to say from that moment, my life was bubble wrapped and everything had a you know cute little bow on it. But it's never, that's, it's never that easy. No. And if it was, then why would we need him? You yeah. know, we wouldn't need the Lord. So I'm glad it's not that easy because every day I wake up and I surrender every day. And that's one of the things that you learn in recovery. Um, it was through the Rankin County Jail that I found out what recovery even was. Because before that, I didn't know that there was a Celebrate Recovery on literally almost every corner. About as popular as the little um, loaded tea shops. Yep. And that's a good thing because it's for everybody and it's everywhere, no matter where you live. So, um, so would you say that you wouldn't be where you are today without a faith-based recovery? That is correct. Yes. Um, and I'm not against NA or AA, like whatever suits your fancy, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if your higher power's a doorknob, then that's all you, if you're getting help. Yeah. But don't, you know, don't use it as an excuse. But yeah. I, So many of the success stories I hear, and I brought this up on the previous shows, I think this is the fourth or fifth episode, fifth episode of the recovery testimonial Tuesday. And it, it always, they've all gone back to, it was a faith-based recovery. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to get away from folks, too. I mean, you yeah. got you got to buy in. Yeah. But it's the it's the God factor. It is. It is all the God factor. Um, I owe my whole life to Jesus. Um, and the fact that I found a Celebrate Recovery, and Celebrate Recovery is actually, you know, Rankin County Jail is very, very good about sharing the word of the Lord um, and ministering to the inmates and i mean most everybody that is in jail is not like some whole you know they don't they've probably never even heard of jesus you know they've heard of it but they've never met him they've never had a relationship with him they've heard the religion aspect of it so in rankin county jail i went to the bible studies and i went to church on sunday morning 
and I surrendered my life. I got out of jail, and the first thing I did was um, go to a, the Celebrate Recovery at the Point in Brandon, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Debbie and Aubrey Pridgen. Debbie Pridgen, man, if she was here today, it's just she was everything. Like, Is she, she still with us? Or no, she passed, she passed away do, during uh, COVID. Mm. And she she's like half of the recovery community spiritual mother like she's she helped get me where i am today she's still looking over y'all oh yes she is oh yeah she's probably in this room right now having the time of her life but um i actually the first radio interview i did with was with her on the k-love radio station so um the celebrate recovery i started i grad at first i graduated then i became a teacher became a leader I have been doing at the that point still. at the point. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for going on four years now. Every Monday night from six to eight at the Point Church, um, we do Rankin County Jail Ministry. So I go in on uh, the first and fixing to be the first and third Thursday of every month and give what I received in there back to the other ladies. Um. The recovery community is huge. All Things New Ministry, they go out and they do um, burgers and blessings. They do, I mean, so if you are looking for most people who are in in addiction are isolated. They don't have real community. All you have to do is reach out, take that first step, enter the doors. And then, I mean, there are some huggers, like... They're huggers. Even yeah. during COVID, they're finna hug you. They're finna hug the devil out of you. Yeah. And it's the most refreshing thing. Like, all of my best friends, my boyfriend, all of my family, they're from re- the recovery community. And uh, that's the main thing that people need to understand is that there's no shame in it. Like, there's no shame. I'm a room mom. Okay? I was a drug dealer five years ago, and now I'm a room mom. Tell people what that is. Okay, a room mom. My son is in first grade, so I'm the... Oh, wait, oh it's at school. It's at cool. school, okay. yeah. Okay. No, at his I, didn't know if that, I didn't know if that was a name for a uh, for, for, for like leader at Celebrate oh, Recovery. No, I'm a sponsor okay. in Celebrate Recovery. But no, but I'm a room mom. Yeah, from, like I went from a drug dealer to a first grade... Highly functional, participating yeah, PTA yeah. member. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's crazy. Like, I'm still shocked. I wake up every day and I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like... Who does this? And then the answer is always Jesus. Like he, if you let him in your life, he will do exceedingly abundantly like good things. I know. Look, it's crazy. I think about all the wild nights I had doing drugs at the clubs and wherever else. And to think that I'm sitting here hosting a show about recovery or even the other normal version of the show. uh, It's, it's mind boggling to me. Sometimes I almost feel like a hypocrite because I I don't feel like this can be me. Right. You know, like I I know I'm not faking it, but I understand if people who know the old clay think that this is an act or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because I contributed to so many people's addictions and, Mm -hmm. and partying lifestyles and all that with running clubs for as long as I did. Yeah. You know, it's quite the contrast, but, there is a 10-year gap there, too, or even longer in some cases, from when I had a club to, to this now. People have people do change, yes, especially over a decade. Yeah, and but people it, can change. You just got to seek it. Yeah, you just got I mean, to seek it. Look, the, the re-education, as the re-education of Clay Edwards continues, <laughs> it, 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 it's been a long process. You know, like you said, when you found Jesus in the, in the jail cell, basically, mm-hmm. to start the recovery, 
that it wasn't like poof, everything's great now. I went to church or I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is a long rebuilding process. It is. It is. All right, look, let's take our last break. Come back. Tell people how they can find you, how they can get involved. If they want to reach out to you personally, we'll do all that here on the other side of the break. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Kim Harrington with Kim Harrington for our testimonial Tuesdays here on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. I'm going to skip an ad read here for this uh, for this segment because we were talking about something. I'm joined by Kim Harrington here in the Mack Hike of Flowood studio, and we were talking about something there during the break that, that really hit, and we only got two or three minutes, but you, we, we talked about people who are just getting out of, uh, say, inpatient recovery, and a lot of times they feel like you're just supposed to jump right, be able to jump right back into their life and into their relationships with people that they damage severely. Mm-hmm. And it, some people expect it just, just to be like a, an on-off switch. And you're yeah. like, no, no it, it is a... You got to build that trust back. I mean, it took... Scars got to heal. Yeah, it took years. I mean, it took a good year and a half for my parents to allow me to take my son out of the house by myself. I mean, I, I was... 33 years old and answering my parents like I was 16 years old again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it. Ha- I did it proudly. I did it happily. I did not, you know, yes, here we're here. We'll be home at this time. You understood your place. Yeah, I understood my place. But now I have two children and I have full custody of both of them. And I don't answer to, you know, I answer to myself. To God. <laughs> to God. Yeah. Because I'm at a place in my life that I can do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I hope, Maybe just one person heard this today and thought that if she can do it, I can do it. Amen. And that, that's the that's the mission of the show is for just one person can hear it and think if Kim can do it, I can do it. Amen. Um, we got about a minute. How can people find you if they need help? Okay, so we have um, Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at the Point Church in Brandon, eleven twenty Star Road. We have um, on November the twelfth. We have a Night of Hope at, from six to nine at the Point Church from. Uh, at 1120 Star Road, and it's a big night of worship, testimonies, skits. It's a recovery ministry outreach, so all the local ministries will be here. And you mentioned the sweatshirt earlier, so I'm going to have to throw this in there, but I'm also a small business owner. I actually made this sweatshirt. Awesome. So golden Normalized Recovery Normalized sweatshirt. Recovery. We have a website. It's goldengraceabounds.com. In every month, we pick a ministry to sew into, an addiction or recovery ministry to sew into. And this month is Operation Family Blessing, which is a toy drive that Rankin County Jail does with all things new to donate toys to inmates' children. Yep, I'm familiar with it. I want to hear more about it. Look, Kim, thank you so much for coming today. Everybody, thank you all for listening. We had, I want to thank Therese for the first hour, Kim for the second hour. Podcast will be separated and posted up available here shortly. Mike Madison's show is next, clayedwardshow.com. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.